With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Brewcast Show from Mason Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani. We're here with you on Monday night, headed into Tuesday. We just had some big news drop in the Michigan basketball world that we're going to be all over on tonight's or I guess today's if you're listening during the daytime edition of Brewcast. But first, I want to bring in uh, my guys here, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani. Guys, how are we feeling on this on this nice Monday evening? Uh, feeling good. And just to be transparent with people, uh, I know the audio has not been awesome in the last few episodes. I'm working on it. Just trust me. If you can stick it out, bear with us. It'll be fine. Uh, but I feel pretty good. Um you know, outside of the blast of cold that has kind of uh, hit us here in the state of Michigan over the weekend, the snow obviously. Um, you know, it's always winter up where Luke is. So uh, it's a we got. I, I saw you guys got pounded. You guys got like six inches or something. We uh, we broke our own record from like 1980. We got eleven point nine inches on Saturday. Did you really? Holy yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did you have to move that? Yep, sure did. That was a lot of fun yesterday. I'm Shovel? still pretty tired from Shovel, it. Shovel, man. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a snowblower. So your boy was oh, shoveling. Man. I saw your tweet, by the way, Anthony, and there is a 95% chance that that guy lost his job at some sort of factory due to a machine, because <laughs> I, I know for a fact I would take a snowblower any day of the week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never, never let a, a machine do a man's work is such a that's such a boomer thing to say. But uh, <laughs> hey, 
I got my driveway done in like 15 minutes. I went to breakfast, and when I came back, that dude was still shoveling. So I win. So. You win. You absolutely win that round. But uh, yeah, other than uh, other than that, everything's everything's pretty good right now. I know things didn't go great for Michigan basketball on Friday, but again, no, it is what it is. I guess we'll talk about that here. But no, things are good. Uh, feeling good. Feeling uh, rested. Feeling. Uh, um, I don't know. I'm running out of words already. Maybe that's not a great sign for what's to come here. But, yeah, everything's good. Glad to be back here on the show after a lot of you guys heard me yesterday. So, What about you, Chris? How you doing, man? I'm doing okay. Yeah, obviously, once again, it's that time of year here in Michigan where we're getting pounded with snow, and it's just uh, wonderful. And it's not made that much better with the uh, disappointment. Eh, maybe that's a – maybe that's a – a tough term but but so uh, yeah uh, screw it yeah some of the disappointment that's coming with some of our sports teams mainly the uh this michigan basketball team which is it's hard to call disappointing but considering the hot start and considering where this team was at one point earlier in the year it it feels like they're continually taking small steps backwards uh, unfortunately and they've been put in a tough spot with, with the injury to one of their best players and that's really kind of all we have to talk about this week for the most part there's a few other things that we're going to cover but essentially that this basketball team loses another game on friday that i think a lot of people including myself feel like they could have and should have had yeah and i think i have a word do i think i don't, I won't say perfectly because that sounds egotistical but I think I would call it sobering instead of disappointing. I think That's, we got yeah. so we got so drunk, we got so you know high, we got so whatever off of you know the Bahamas and, and that start to the season. And really, you know, honestly, outside of the Bahamas, this is pretty much what they've been. I mean, they they've, they played yeah. well in that game against Creighton. They played well in the first game against Iowa, but then I mean, obviously the defense. Um, has emerged as a bigger problem than I thought it would be. Um, but this is just kind of what they are. And when you uh, when you take Isaiah Livers out of the picture, listen, like I know you have senior leadership in, in Xavier Simpson and John Teske, but Isaiah Livers is your probably your best all-around player right now uh, when he's healthy, and, and he's not there. So um, I don't right. think it's a hot take to say that they would have won at Minnesota and – at least split one of those games at Minnesota and Iowa with him. I think he's close. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on Wednesday. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I think that this team kind of just is what it is right now. And there are a few concerns about, you know, it's not just it's not just a matter of, well, Juwan Howard doesn't have his guys right now. I do think there are some concerns that um, him and his staff really need to get ironed out here soon. But other than that, like, like I said, I mean, this is a lot like um, – this is a lot like the team I thought maybe we'd see throughout the year. Um, so we could talk about that. And you know, also, I think I've come to a, a realization on this whole home team phenomenon in the Big Ten right now. The home whistles uh, in, in this conference, and it's not just in Michigan games. It's in almost every single Big Ten game I've watched this year. Some of the whistles and the officiating dispar- you know, disparity between free throw attempts, and that's not why Michigan lost on Friday, but um, it's been trash from top to bottom throughout this conference all year. And I don't know if that's because, you know, big time conspiracy, the Big Ten wants to build a, you know, here's the, the tinfoil hat, you know, maybe they want to build a, 
a conference, you know, something to build the conference around is look how look how tough it is to go win on the road in our conference. But you know what? Like outside of Michigan State, and you know, like I, said, I still think Ohio State's good. I still think Maryland's good. But outside of like Michigan State for sure, this conference is full of teams that are just like eh to good. Nobody's really great. So for it to be that lopsided for home teams this year, when I think that the parity in this league is is probably as um, as big as it's ever been, that's a head scratcher to me. I mean, I don't think it's a far cry or hyperbole to say, you know, the officiating was an absolute joke in that Iowa game. It's not like Michigan, you know, wasn't banging down low in the same way Iowa was. It's not like Michigan wasn't just as aggressive in attacking the hoop as Iowa was. They just weren't getting the exact same calls that Iowa was getting on the other end. It was a joke. Um, and maybe some of it has to do with Jawan Howard kind of being great in this conference. And like you said, Anthony, you're the tinfoil hat here, you know, kind of like, oh, you can't just, you know, come in in year number one and, you know, expect to take over. You got to earn your stripes, even though obviously he was a player in the Big Ten. But yeah. I don't know. The, the Big Ten conference just kind of has that feel about it, right? Doesn't it? Like you got to come in and you got to get your you got to get your calluses, sort of thing. Yeah, stealing right. your spine to use the football coach's uh, term. But um, what was I going to say? And I, and I think that you know part of the what was it twenty seven to six or twenty seven to five is the free throw attempts from Friday. And I think um, might be a controversial name to drop in here at the moment, but I'm going to. Uh, I think Ant Wright kind of mentioned this after the game. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Chris, uh, for getting that started. We won't go there. Oh, yes, um, of course. It was totally me. <laughs> um, but I think that a point that he had, and I think, you know, not to get into any of the other stuff, but he had said something along the lines of, you know, Iowa was also more aggressive in getting towards right. the basket and stuff too. So that that put that's a little bit of the reason why. I think Luca Garza had 15 of those attempts. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think that when you look at Juwan Howard right now, I think you know the adjustments on defense, or maybe they're just not that good in this defensive system, and and it's gonna, you know, this is just gonna be how it is. But I refuse to. I think I said this on the podcast last week. John Teske is not as poor a post defender as he's played, and they need to give him help. And they did mix some things up on Friday, but it was another boost, you know, another um, behemoth monster performance from Luca Garza. Um, it just it still wasn't good enough, and I think you just need some of the guys to play better too. But I think something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about right now because they're kind of getting caught up in the post defense, and you know Michigan's post defense has kind of become the the crossing routes complaint yep. of Michigan Twitter right now. Um, John Howard does a really good job of drawing up plays and getting his guys open shots, and the problem with them right now is they're getting good looks but not hitting them, and I think that's that just speaks. That's what, I think that's just mostly more of a talent thing. I mean, Eli Brooks has had a couple of really good games this year. I mean, Friday at Iowa was terrific, but you know, the body of work for this for this team in general is, you know, um, I'd say they're definitely not a great outside shooting team. Um, but when things are going good, they're they're a good outside shooting team. But more often than not, it's been iffy, and they've had struggles out there. But they are getting open looks, which I think is good to see too. Yeah, no, I, I I pretty much share those sentiments. I, I I agree with you and with Ant about the um, regarding the free throw discrepancy. It's 
uh, unfortunate, but ultimately, as we've seen against Iowa and Minnesota and even Purdue to a certain extent while that game was at home, uh, the, the more aggressive team is going to get calls, even some some awful calls. And the officiating was, was a disaster on Friday, but still that's far from the reason why they lost that game. And I know that's not what you're saying. I just felt like uh, I needed to reiterate it because a lot of people uh, seem to think that's why they lost. This team obviously had to take a massive step back when you lose Isaiah Livers. We all knew that. It's it's frustrating. Maybe maybe that's the word you know, to use to say disappointing. It's frustrating because you feel like when you watch them, they're very close to getting to a point where they can break through and win some of these games, uh, the, especially the last two. You know, they had leads, semi-substantial leads in both those games. Obviously, Minnesota, you had an 11-point lead in the first half. In the second half against Iowa, they were up by seven, guys, pretty late in that ball game. And I think, for one, it shows the youth of some of these guys like your Wagners and Eli Brooks, who, who's maybe been here for a while but has not had uh, this big of a role. Uh, since he's been at Michigan. Other guys like DeJulius, who's only in his second year, the only really experienced guys on the floor right now uh, are Teske and uh, and Xavier uh, um, Simpson, obviously, with Livers being gone. Uh, and so it's unfortunate to see a team that I think is talented, that we've seen, you've talked about they've missed a lot of open looks, but you'll see at points, like in the first half against Iowa, at a big point in the second half against, or I'm sorry, in the first half against Minnesota, at uh, a long stretch in the second half against Iowa, they were hitting those shots. I think one major positive Franz Wagner is getting better with every single game he's going to be a special player here and he's probably not going to be here for long but offensively his upside is incredible Uh, you know quick release good outside shooter uh, sneaky pretty good defender as well it seems like he's growing uh, more as a as a defender, he's, he's a better defender now than his brother was definitely when he was a freshman, uh, not to necessarily compare to and he started, compare to, he started to talk that shit too. Exactly. No, yeah, he, he is. That, he's got that Wagner in him. He's got that Wagner swagger. Yeah. And he, I thought he was, he was great on Friday. Eli Brooks, after taking a, a pretty hard trashing from a lot of the fan base, including yours truly played arguably his best game of the season on Friday, kept him in the game in the first half, nearly won it for him in the second. It's just it's disappointing how far they've fallen, and the injury has has absolutely derailed what was it maybe not the season we thought they could get to, or maybe you know, or the the heights we thought they could reach, but uh, what was a promising season, they've had to reset, and right now they're they're firmly, in my opinion, I saw today they were projected to be an eight seed. This is this Big Ten schedule ain't gonna you know lighten up anytime soon they are firmly on the bubble right now and i think the goal at this point uh, and we i feel like with this team especially we have reset the where we thought this team could be we've reset the goals several times i mean the beginning of the year was getting to the tournament then it was can this team make it to the second weekend can this team make the final four okay can they make it past the first weekend now it's i think now it's where it's going to stay and that's get to the tournament and I'll call the season a, a mild success uh, because with the the injury has just hurt them so much with Isaiah Livers being out. You realize uh, if there's any if there's any good thing about this injury, which I this is a uh, I don't think there is. You realize just how important of a player Isaiah Livers is, and I think his stock is probably going to rise when people realize uh, how this team has performed with him out. So. Uh, it's they, they have a long ways to go here. Uh, right now, you, you just got to try to find way to ways to salvage and win games 
without livers. And in in fairness to them, they played a lot of road games and a lot of teams, Sands, you know, Michigan State, who even had a clunker on the road. Uh, all these teams have have lost a lot of road games this year in the Big Ten, and Michigan is no exception to that. They just get, I feel like if they can find a way to break through and win one or two of these, it would solidify their tournament resume and uh, help them move, you know, move forward and see if they can make a run in the tournament. I think that even with Isaiah Livers, the ceiling feels like a second weekend team. Not sure if I don't think they and the floor should absolutely be Chris uh, to make the tournament. I think that should still be the bare minimum of what this team should do here. But uh, we, we have some big news coming for the future of Michigan basketball. We've got to take a look at that. We'll be back after the break and talk about the future of this program next on Brewcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back into Brewcast here. Luke Yardy, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani. As you know, we're, we talked about the Michigan basketball season as it is right now. Uh, the future down the road for this season. But the future beyond this season, obviously looking very bright, at least for the immediate future. You know, the, the Michigan recruiting class coming into today was spectacular. They just added another commitment, uh, this coming in the form of Jawan Howard's son, Jace Howard. He's a three-star prospect, ranked 183rd nationally by 247 composite, 34th at his position of uh, small forward, and in his state of Florida, uh, the 18th-ranked prospect. Now, he's a three-star, but he's 6'7", 200 pounds, uh, a lot of room for development, I would imagine, especially, you know, being the son of an NBA player here, but uh, what's interesting here is he is what the fourth um, fourth commit fifth co- fifth commit excuse yeah, me number five, uh, number five in number this class five. and we have the potential for you know we had a crystal ball in recently for Josh Christopher the uh, number two shooting guard in the country number eleven overall player uh, in the country and this brings up obviously the question for many people because basketball recruiting classes not relatively large and good thing Anthony is here he's got the answer he's been keeping track on this what does this mean moving forward with the scholarship situation Anthony uh, well they're at 14 right now which is one over the limit and that's they're at 14 for next year so people will go um, well uh, some attrition would have to come naturally and 
obviously or honestly the most logical one is that Austin Davis won't be back for a fifth year with Michigan uh, I, I don't uh, I don't expect that to happen uh, we'll see what happens there but him leaving would have Michigan at 13 with these guys that they have right now with Isaiah Todd with Leonard Dickinson with Terrence Williams uh, Zeb Jackson now Jace Howard uh, Josh Christopher buzzes growing there I think listen I mean <laughs> if a guy like Josh Christopher is going to come they're going to find a spot for him. And and I think that probably the most logical thing that happens in that second spot uh, for that to come open is that Isaiah Livers goes pro. Uh, I think right. that behind the scenes, I think that he's kind of been, or people have been kind of suggesting he's been prepping for that. Um, and that's no, that's not to say that's why he's sitting out um, what some people think is a little bit longer. He popped his groin. Like that's a month, that's a month or so injury. Uh, but when you look at, you know him slimming down the way he did and you know playing more on the wing i think that was a move done not only to you know be in better condition because there was going to be so much on his shoulders this year on this team uh but also because that's that's kind of what would increase his value to nba teams and and people will say well why would he go pro he might not even be like a a first round pick he might be a second round pick well sometimes that's that's fine um you know, I, I don't know how much better. I don't think he can get a, a heck of a lot better as a player. I, I think he's pretty good. I don't know what that next level really is for him. Um, but Austin Davis and Isaiah Livers would make sense, and, and it wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't be surprised seeing what you have coming in. Uh, you've got obviously you, you think Isaiah Todd again. There's still a chance maybe he doesn't sign because he hasn't signed yet. So maybe that could be the second spot. Maybe that could be the third spot. If both of those other guys leave, um, wouldn't wouldn't surprise me somewhere to see a transfer in here. Uh, I think the two names again. This is based on simply how the rotations have looked recently, and, and who could maybe be passed by. Maybe Colin Castleton, Adrian Nunez decide to move on. Uh, yeah, looking at the chart here, that's just kind of what makes sense to me. Um, <clears throat> but again, you never know. Um, Maybe Franz Wagner explodes uh, the final couple months of the season and he declares for the NBA draft. So basically all I'm saying here is that I don't think anyone should be stressed out over, you know, availability of scholarships. Some people think, oh, well, shouldn't Jace Howard, you know, his, his dad's rich. He should, you know, they should have to pay for him. And, and you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, he's Jace Howard on next year's team is probably your – 12th or 13th guy off the bench so i'm not really gonna i'm not really worried about about that um you know the thing i feel like he's more of he's more of like a multi-year project almost sort of guy right yeah of all the of all the guys in the class i mean right very much maybe maybe him and zeb jackson are three the three and four year players there isaiah todd i think is a guy that will probably be gone after next year if he even comes to michigan if Josh Christopher comes to Michigan, he's a guy that's going to be in the NBA. Um, so it's one of those things where, like I said, um, wouldn't, wouldn't worry about it too much. Attrition can come from a number of places, especially after the first year of a, you know, a coaching transition. I mean, Juwan Howard was able to pretty much bring everyone back or bring everyone into the fold except for uh, the kid that wound up going to Kansas. But other than that, um, like I said, uh, oh, I was saying about uh, walk-on versus scholarship. People don't realize this, but the the scholarship players have access to, I think, 
I don't want to say better facilities, but just maybe more perks because they are on scholarship um, compared to the other guys who have to pay their own way and things like that. So I'm pretty I'm pretty sure like one of those. I think you know. Speaking, of, we talked about Ant earlier. He kind of mentioned it. Um, I, I believe he talked about that the walk on players like the post practice meals like they don't have access to those sort of thing that are provided by the school. I'm pretty sure that was one of the things that, that a scholarship sense. players yeah, access to. And walk it's on things like that. It's not like, um, you know, it's not like they're shoved in a broom closet or anything like that. It's just different, different perks, uh, different meal allowances. Maybe they don't have meal allowances at all. Um, like I said, they're paying their own way. So, um, and, and if you're someone who thinks that Jace Howard isn't going to be an impact player, See why that would probably irk you, but the fact of the matter is, I know that I know that Jawan Howard is recruiting very well, but every player he brings in isn't going to be a four and five star recruit. Right? It's just not possible, especially when you have. I mean, they have five commits already. I mean, and you know, you could have six with Christopher, and you know, let's say something crazy happens and you go out and get Greg Brown too. That's seven guys. Like the math, you know, they're not. They're not Kentucky. Like the math just doesn't work there for all those guys to be elite. So I, I don't have an issue with it. Um, like I said, I, and the thing with uh, Juwan Howard's kids too, um, they both him and uh, Jace and Jet, who I think is twenty twenty two. I want to say those guys have been playing on the AAU circuit, and and they know those bonds, those ties are there to some of the elite prospects in subsequent classes. So. Um, you know, it's an investment in, you know, it's a legacy guy, but it's also maybe kind of an investment into the future, just kind of a, a bargaining chip or whatever you want to call it. If you want to say that there are politics involved, I guess there's nothing I could say to stop you from thinking that. But And I'll do a de- I haven't really watched much of his game yet, so I'm not really sure what he brings to the table, but I just wouldn't freak out. It's not tied to decisions coming from elsewhere, I think is all I'll try to get across here. Yeah, I like you said, I mean, it's a three star guy, uh, so it's not somebody who's going to set the world on fire. But with that, at least not yet. Uh, With that said, I think it's very much worth reiterating what we're seeing on the recruiting trail from Juwan Howard is unprecedented as at Michigan. And that's that's undeniable. I mean, that's an indisputable fact that what we've seen as is unheard of here. And Beeline brings in some good recruits and some projects, and Beeline, Beeline was the master of developing guys. right? But to have this much so quickly, I mean, the, for this guy, in you know, in, in Jawan Howard's kid to be like their fifth or sixth best incoming recruit is, is insane. And there is so much to look forward to in this program. And, and you guys know me. I would say if there wasn't, but there is a whole lot to be excited about here. Uh, the one question I do have, though, Anthony, and, and this I feel like every year there's a player or two that I drive, where they say this and it kind of drives me nuts. Is John Teske eligible to come back for one more year? I don't think so. No. Was Okay, I could have sw- swore he was a freshman two years ago. So that's a mistake on my part. So they'll lose him then as well. Yeah. Was, yes. was, Remember they were getting, you know, think back to the Mo Wagner team. Mo was playing the five and you, you know, we used to think it was a win when uh, Teske would come off the bench and give them a couple good minutes here and there. So um, it seems like he's been around forever, but maybe that's something we, 
he might be kind of a dinosaur uh, here now mm-hmm. in that we might not see many guys like that here moving forward. Jace Howard might be one where four right. years into his college career, we're stunned that he's still there. So um, I do want to, I do want to point something out too, though. I understand there's a lot of hype surrounding this class and rightfully so, but I also would like to point out that the only, there's only been two national championship teams that have used primarily, you know, freshman classes to win the championship. Kentucky, back with the Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and those guys, and then Duke with Julia Okafor and Tyus Jones. Those are the only two that, that have won it within the last decade in the one-and-done era for the most part. So you still win by developing guys. Like, freshmen can help win, but so I want everyone to, you know, like people are getting really excited thinking Michigan Michigan's gonna have, should have a great team next year with all these guys, but you still need to, you need to find that balance, I think, between some of the top guys and some of the three- to four-year players because those are the guys that are going to win you a championship. However... I will say I'm pretty excited that uh, Hunter Dickinson absolutely bullied the number one player in the country earlier today, Evan Mobley, uh, absolutely bullied him out there. He was on ESPNU earlier, and uh, that's that's good news for the uh, for the future of this program. I like the I, I like that Juwan still sticking to his roots, getting these good bigs. Yeah, and something to think about too. You, you bring up the you know people will people will naturally overhype this team for next year and say national title or bust or whatever whatever they'll right. say um because that's what michigan fans do that's what we do right. um that'll be a team that's largely led by you know let's just say livers is gone um you know obviously xavier simpson john Tuski will be gone that'll be a david that that team will go as david de julius and franz wagner <laughs> assuming they're both here next year um right. Isaiah Todd, Josh Christopher, if he comes to me, would be one and done. Hunter Dickinson, maybe a one and done, but I would expect Terrence Williams. Will, Terrence Williams will be a multiple year player. Zeb Jackson will be a multiple year player. Jace Howard will be a multiple year player. So it's kind of one of those things where maybe, um, you know, they're gonna be fun as fun as hell to watch next year. Uh, but maybe if you're looking for a freshman to put you over the top. Maybe that comes in like the 2021 class. I think they'll be very good next year and, and certainly in the mix. But, you know, like I said, if you're looking for that that final piece of the pie to come in as a true freshman and, and maybe carry you to a national title, I think maybe that's more likely to be like what the 20 with 21 class is. So, but hey, uh, it's it's a good problem to have. So. It'll, it'll also be really interesting next year to see how Eli Brooks will stack up against these guys because he's got one more year and it'll be it'll be in- intriguing to see if he's still in the starting lineup next year or if he'll have to take a back seat to some of these guys you know you you if you feel like you'd have a hard time taking a guy who was a starter in his third year and moving him to the bench in year four. I, my guess is he, he could do, I guess we'll call this Matt Vogrich syndrome where he starts <laughs> off the year. He starts off the year as a starter only to potentially get beat out. But with that said, I think Eli Brooks, no disrespect to Matt Vogrich. He was one of the kind of Michigan's OG beeline players who stayed around, but uh, Eli Brooks is more talented than, than Vogrich yeah. was. And uh, so I think that that'll be an interesting dynamic to watch next season. Cause I think it's for sure. This will be, 
Julius's team from the point guard position. Franz Wagner, assuming he's here, which as much as I like him and think he's going to be great, I, I would be stunned uh, even if he does continue to develop if he's not here next year. He'll be he'll be at one of the wings, and I, but the rest of the positions are kind of going to be up for grabs, and it'll be between some veterans like uh, your Eli Brooks and, and some of these incoming uh, freshmen as well. Do you mind if I look into the future a little bit here, just looking at this roster? Uh, Go right yeah. ahead. I think that so let me just assuming let's just say Josh Christopher comes I think you're looking at a starting lineup that probably looks like DeJulius Christopher Franz Isaiah Todd Hunter Dickinson um, maybe like maybe Brian Johns factors in there somewhere as well uh, but I think that Eli Brooks probably is your backup whatever guard next year whether he plays the one or the two uh, I don't. I don't know how ready Zeb Jackson will be. I haven't really watched a ton of him actually, um, seeing as I've only been back in the the fold since August or so here. So um, I'm going to catch up on him here soon. But like I said, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to like about that. Um, oh yeah. And I think that Eli Brooks would be fine in that role too. Um, I actually think, if we're being honest, maybe they should consider things heading that way with this team currently. Um, I, I think that when when David, I think David, I'll just put it like it is. I think David DeJulius is one of their best five, whether Liver oh, yeah. is here or not. So um, we'll see what happens. But Brooks had a good game over the weekend, and you know, interested to see if that was kind of an outlier now because he hadn't really done anything against, um, I'll say, power five opponents since pretty much Thanksgiving. But yeah, we'll see what happens. So I think the outlook for next year is is pretty pretty darn fun uh so it is what it is they'll have to make some room somewhere i think that will take care of itself wouldn't be worried about it um like i said i think that they they know what they need so i i will say one more thing as well when you bring up and i don't you know i don't mean to speculate but you brought up the the idea the possibility that as guys minutes are diminished that we could see a transfer going forward you mentioned colin castleton um it wouldn't shock me, uh, and I don't want this to happen because I like this guy. I think he's he has the potential to be a solid player, but I've gotten the impression over these last couple games that Brandon John seems a little bit overwhelmed, and uh, perhaps maybe look we've seen weirder things. I mean, we we remember how lost Xavier Simpson was his first year at Michigan. But it, perhaps that could be another guy, especially with the recruiting class they got coming in, that I could see going elsewhere and playing a lot of minutes. I think he's a talented player, but uh, he, he's been struggling a bit lately. Uh, Brendan Quinn wrote an article on The Athletic a couple weeks ago that confidence seems to be a major issue with him. And what, something that would probably would hurt confidence is knowing that you have a couple four or five star guys coming in that could potentially take your spot. So I think Brandon Johns could be a, a guy to look out for as potentially uh, somebody who maybe won't be around for the long. I, I hope Brandon Johns is no question about that because I think he has developed from even the start of this season into a pretty good player for Michigan. I do too. But, no, uh, and I, I yeah. want to see him here. That's very much so. Very much so. I'll say this though: if I, they if they get through this off season with having only like Austin Davis and. Isaiah Livers and maybe one little transfer somewhere in there, they might be the deepest team in college basketball next year. Because I think right now what they have, what they are, is they're they're it's a team full of guys that I think are really good role players, and I think that yeah, um, 
can have a role on on championship caliber teams. We've seen that with some of them already, but um, they haven't they haven't had a like a go to guy in two years. Like no. since it was Mo Wagner and Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman, they have had no one that could just I'll, go I'll get say you a this. bucket. Franz is getting there, and if he continues to play like he is, and then Livers comes back and is is healthy, which honestly people keep asking what's taking so long. I think they just want to make sure he is fully healthy because they have. You know, let me look here. Fourteen more conference games left here, um, and and make no mistake about it. As we kind of close things out and pivot back to this, you know, bring it full circle. They they've got two home games this week: Penn State and Illinois. I think they should win both of those games. It would be disappointing if they didn't win both of those games. Then they go to Nebraska, which could be hard, just because. Hey, look at that! It's a road game again. Yeah. Then they go to MSG to play Rutgers, who is in the top 25 for the first time since 79 so oh hey good for them then they're they're legitimately good too uh, yeah it's good for them they came into the year slept on but then after that you've got ohio state and michigan state at home this stretch here you play one true road game you go to madison square guard which honestly it's a it's a i believe it's a michigan home game technically um if it's not technically a michigan home game the fans will make it a Michigan home game because NYC, it's a, a hub for Michigan fans. Right. Um, you've got four home games there too. So in the next six games, you know, if we're talking about this team getting things back on the right track, if you can come out of this next six games at four and two or better, I think they're in really good shape. And honestly, this stretch here that's coming up might just be a chance for them to get rolling, especially if livers uh, is able to come back. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on that. It, it's uh, uh, things. Even when this Big Ten schedule came out for them, you look at the calendar flipping to 2020, and you're like, "Oh God, wow!" You know, they're really kind of drinking out of the fire hose here early on. This is where they need to start stacking up some of those wins, and I think Kempom has them at least projected to win. You know, by their algorithms and whatnot, I think the next seven or eight games. So. Um, and that doesn't mean much of anything. They were projected to beat Minnesota as well, I believe. So, I mean, it's... no, they they were projected to lose to Minnesota. Ah, well, regardless, yeah, if they're going to get rolling. Now is the time. So, I I will. I do have one final thought on attrition. I I like Colin Castleton. I have no problem with him. I think he's a, a spectacular player. You know, at times, but if he does leave, I won't be too upset because I'm so used to saying Chris Castellani that I find myself calling him Chris Castleton way too much. So it just <laughs> makes makes my life way easier. Uh, all right. So where can we find you guys on social media, Anthony? Uh, you can follow me on social media at Anthony T Broom. Follow the website on Twitter at uh, at Mason Brew. We are wherever you get your shows and podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all those good spots. So, um, yeah, uh, excited for we're almost into February for college basketball, which is when things really start getting uh, getting cranked up here. So let's do it. Chris, how about you, man? Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-O. 
one four it's uh it's a hub uh a lot has been happening uh, uh, quite a bit of it out of my control for some reason over this most recent weekend <laughs> i love i love twitter i love interacting with people please follow me on there it's uh it's been a lot of fun and we got a lot of stuff talking about to talk about going forward michigan basketball uh post games uh going forward so please follow me there uh my snapchat is the same as my twitter handle if you want to see me there and uh if you want to see me on instagram as well that's chris castle 95 that's C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-T-L-E-9-5. Please follow me on all of those platforms. And you can follow me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Make sure you follow the Brewcast Show Twitter page as well, at Brewcast Show. So that's going to do it for us here today. And like Anthony said, subscribe and leave a review for all of our shows and content where you get your podcast by searching Maze of Brew Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. Maze of Brew will be back with another podcast coming up tomorrow. And we'll be back next week on another edition of Brewcast. Thanks for listening.